Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 3, Episode 14, Take It All In, with Kelly Harlan. Kelly Harland is a natural perfumer who grew up surfing with a deep respect for the earth and the ocean. In 2016, she founded the small batch fragrance house Crosby Elements. She's known for botanical, naturally derived scents inspired by travel, nostalgia, and intuition. All Crosby fragrances are handcrafted in small batches and designed around principles of ethical and local sourcing. Kelly's focus is scents that are sustainable, made with transparency, and ultimately, kind to the planet and its people. All of her products are natural, organic, and packaged in reusable, ethically sourced glass containers. She also donates a portion of her profits to animal welfare and environmental nonprofits. Businesses like Kelly's are among those that will be hit hardest by COVID-19. Products seen as a luxury are among the first to go when money gets tight in the looming recession. But I see Kelly's work as deeply creative, deeply artful, and closely integrated into the creation of home, self, community, and even a vision of the future, as she leads by example for businesses that want to operate on feminist practices with an eco-friendly lens. I'm excited to have her share her story with you today. Here's Kelly. My name is Kelly Harland. I'm a natural perfumer, the owner of Crosby Elements. I create products that center around fragrance for yourself and your space. And my primary focus is using natural materials and more of a unisex lens to experience fragrance with. Prior to moving to Portland, I lived in London for several years, and I moved there after I graduated from art school. My mom is from Liverpool, England, so I applied for British citizenship and had no idea what I was getting myself into moving to another country by myself at like 20, I don't know, I think I was maybe 22 at the time, maybe 20, yeah, 22. And... I think that that experience in itself was probably my my biggest period of growth that I've ever had because I was London is just like this insane melting pot of so many different cultures. I mean, it's it's insane. It's a huge city. I knew nobody. I thought that I would move there and get an internship at some insult, like a small design studio. And I thought I was going to be this like cool girl from California, the surfer girl. And of course they're going to want to hire me. And that just got, (laughs) got like the biggest slice of humble pie when I moved there. And no one wanted to talk to me because I didn't go to Central St. Martin's or Royal College of the Arts, and I realized quickly that the design community, especially in Europe, is very clicky, and you have to know someone, or you have to have, you know, been taught under a specific professor, and all this stuff, so I would say that for me 
impacted the way that I just see life in general is because I've never felt so vulnerable at, you know, a young age. And I always enjoyed traveling. I used to, I like backpacked through South America when I was 19 for two months and I traveled a ton, like as much as I could. My mom, like I said, is from England. So we used to go back and forth when we had the time growing up to see my family over there. And it was very important for her that I get to know them. And she used to be a flight attendant. So she was always just like, let's just hop a plane over to France or to Switzerland. And I think being exposed to different cultures and different ways of life is very important. And if you don't have the means to travel, I think that's also perhaps like something you could do just by exposing yourself to material that you can learn from or different music or different art or you know, different parts of your community, whether or not it's like a congregation more of people from India. So like go eat at that restaurant that has amazing Indian food and just, you know, exposing yourself to me, I think to, to different cultures and ways of life is so important. And that stuck with me through now where, I mean, I will obviously travel for any excuse. I think it's just so important because it keeps you open-minded and it's, it's what life is all about and experiencing those things and the way that you can translate that into your work. You know, everything, everything and everyone has a story to tell and being open-minded and curious about people's lives and, you know, what makes them who, who they are and traditions and rituals. I mean, it's all to me so interesting I think with our, our connection now with all this technology and we have all these, these tools at our fingertips to be able to connect with someone or be able to see something that is coming from the other side of the world, I think is just really magical. There's, I, I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with technology, as I'm sure most people do. But for that reason, I think it's beautiful. And so for the future, I just hope that people can remember that there's, there's so much beauty in this world. There's, there's so many interesting things to learn and experience and just to keep open-minded about it and to be curious. And, you know, it's hard to be, to not judge. I mean, it's all in us. It's hard to, to not judge anything, but to keep that, that door open to learn new things, even if it's completely contrasted to who you are. I think is really important for the future. I think that'll all keep us very much reminded that we are the same. We are still flesh and blood. And my background in design, I worked in advertising and small design shops in London, San Diego, and Portland, and worked for really big brands, worked for some small brands. And after 15 years of doing art direction and creative direction, I just I knew in my gut that I wanted to continue to storytell, but maybe not visually anymore. And I would say the one thing I struggled with the most in this past career and just being a creative and getting paid for it and having that be your career is being a woman in that environment. Most of the time I was the only female creative in my groups. And I have the sense of humor of like a 12 year old boy. Like I'm just, I can hang, like nothing can really offend me <laughs> until you mess with my pay. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, yeah. no. 
So when that happened, I think that that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I just, my heart wasn't super connected in it anymore. And then when stuff like that started to happen, I was kind of like, this is, you know, I thought maybe the creative world was the safe space and that didn't happen there. So I didn't plan to get into fragrance and it wasn't something that I had always, it wasn't like a, like a side thing or a hobby or anything. It really started because my mother is an interior designer and she had moved to Portland because my sister was pregnant. And of course that makes the grandparents like flock to wherever the babies are. And so she is very creative and I had left the full-time design routine and was freelance. And if you've ever been freelance, you know you're either super busy or you're, you have nothing to do. And so during the times of nothing to do, I was like, I wanna go hang out with my mom. Like they're new in town, her and my dad are just getting settled. And my mom was like, let's figure out how to make candles. And I was like, oh, sure, okay. Cause before it was like, let's make jewelry, let's make bracelets. And you know, I just like, I, I just enjoyed spending time with her and, and it was a good excuse to create while we spent time together. And so we started making the candles and that, that was just a beautiful way for us to connect. And that's literally what started Crosby. It came out of nowhere. And I guess I like completely have my mom to thank for, for this whole new path I'm on with fragrance. And now that I'm in it and I, as I started to make the scents for candles and the hair perfume, I just became obsessed with like, oh my God, this is how I can storytell now. Like I don't have to just make pretty things. I can make pretty like smelling things. And what I think is nice smelling, not what I've always been known to be like what I'm supposed to like. And it really just opened up this whole new coloring box for me to play in. And it was, it was so interesting. And then that is really where I tied my past with just this deep, deep respect for, for the earth and, and my love for just kind of simple, natural products. I was like, I can't, I, that's all I want to work with. And they're so beautiful and unique themselves in their raw form before I get a, like a hold of them and start blending them with other things. And it's like, it's alchemy and it's just, it's chemistry and, and it makes you feel things. And I think that's, what's been so fun for me and impactful is that when I make something and then someone says, Oh, this really makes me, this takes me way back to like my, my grandparents' house out in Eastern Oregon or something. And oh my God, I have the best memories there. And they had just bought Earthly Dwellings, which is literally the candle I created just to like contain that beautiful smell of Eastern Oregon where the sagebrush meets all the just like rolling grasslands and it's leathery and wet and smoky and, but fresh. And so it's cool to hear how fragrance can be this little like escape or you know just click click the memory and trigger emotions so quickly just like as you would if you saw this beautiful painting or maybe it's not beautiful to you it like makes you feel something i really feel like fragrance can take you on a journey and it can take you to places you want to go i grew up in san diego 
and I have pretty much surfed my entire life. Um, I was really into sports. I think I was the, my dad wanted me to be a son. So <laughs> I played all the sports. And when I injured myself during gymnastics, I learned how to surf. So from um, about junior high, I literally spent the majority of my free time in the ocean. And I think that that influenced me just as a person, how I relate to our natural environment, what I consider to be important in life, in art, in storytelling. It's influenced so much of who I am as a person today. And with my business, Crosby, how I incorporate the materials that I do, everything is really drawn from that childhood of spending so much time in the ocean and just so much respect for nature, how powerful she is, how humbling she is, uh, the great escape she allows you to have when you're in the ocean and, you know, hiking or camping or whatever it is you choose to do. But it's, it's just impacted my life in so many ways with creativity and with business. Future Perry is sponsored by the Oregon Community Foundation, dedicated to improving the lives of all Oregonians through the power of philanthropy. We thank them for their financial support and leadership as we co-create the future of a healthy, thriving, sustainable Oregon. I was born in 81, and being a teenager in the 90s, uh, there was not the beautiful, bountiful, immense options we have right now of perfume and small batch indie, you know, bespoke, all this kind of stuff that we're used to seeing now. In the 90s, it was literally like where I grew up was whatever's at the strip mall. So that was pretty much Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret. And then the god awful fragrance counter at like Nordstrom's or something, which was just a nightmare. And I was never really into cosmetics and perfume, even though I had a mother who like would not even answer the front door without a full face of makeup on. So I don't know where like that disconnect happened, but it was just not something I was interested in. When I began Crosby, I just had, I had like a very specific point of view on fragrance and how it can impact someone's life as far as just like, what are you presenting to the world when you wear something? I think from what my mom always wore as a child, she used to wear, what, what I remember when I was a child, that she used to wear Clinique aromatics. And to me, and I hate saying this now because I'm almost to be an old lady, like I'm almost 40, that like I just associated perfume with, that smells like an old lady. You know, like when I was a kid, that's just all I could associate that with and the perfume that my mom wore. And so as I, began to travel more to other countries and experience beautiful raw materials in different formats. It became something that I was super drawn to and interested in. Being someone who's so just respectful of nature and I just, I, I've never really had the tolerance for synthetic fragrances. Never really been one to use, I guess, commercialized products like hair products, shampoo, lotions, all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't sit with me well. It usually gives me a headache and things like that. So I, I think that when I started Crosby, it happened out of nowhere. But the one thing that I was so interested in is something that now is known as hair perfume. And I feel like that's probably the one product that people 
would know me by. It's my best-selling product, specifically Emerald is, which is my birthstone. And the hair perfume thing came from surfing essentially because I would never really wash my hair. I've always had really long, thick hair and I just don't really do anything with it. And now that it's trendy to not wash your hair as much, which is amazing because we're saving on water and resources. And it's amazing that it's trendy right now. And I hope that that trend sticks around. It's healthier for your scalp and all of that kind of stuff. I remember asking myself, like, why isn't there like a natural hair perfume, like something to just hold you over in between washing and, you know, dry shampoo is great, but there just needs to be that extra step. And it's not offensive. It's not like overpowering. Um, so that's where hair perfume came around to, to be known. And I think that maybe that just connected with so many other people. I have, you know, all genders that buy hair perfume. It's not necessarily made for just your hair. It can be worn on your skin, on your clothes. You can use it as like aromatherapy. And yeah, I think that was just really inspired by a necessity. And so I have four scents of hair perfume, emeralds, opal, garnet, and topaz. And I created emerald first because that was my birthstone. I wanted to put all the things, all the notes that I really connect with in it and make it kind of just for me. And then the rest of them were inspired by the stones themselves and just my interpretation of what that stone embodies. So I use that as the concept for creating the actual scent profile from it. So I would say a hair perfume is probably my most well-known product. And then I would say candles are probably second to that, which are great, but obviously candles already exist. And I'm excited that people have connected with my candles and other things because I really do try and break a lot of the what's expected of like women to like and men to like because I really just think that's a bunch of bullshit and you know things that like we're just taught at a young age like if you're a girl then you're supposed to be a princess and wear pink and if you're a boy you have to like play baseball and wear blue and you know smell like a tree and then girls are supposed to smell like flowers and vanilla and like I don't know, cotton candy or something. So when I create anything in my line, I really just draw from what do I personally like, what without seeing any sort of gender or anything that's been sort of shoved down our throats our entire life. Like what, what do I really connect with and what sort of story can I tell with that fragrance? Like how, can, how will someone else experience that? What sort of state of mind will it make them go to? Will it be calming? Will it be energizing? Will it make them sit and want to like stare at the sky and dream or be sensual or anything? So I really think it's so cool that these beautiful natural materials can make people feel a certain way and you can have control over how you want to feel using fragrance. So Emerald Hair Perfume, that one is my best seller across any, any line, any product. And I think why this one it just connects with so many people is that, again, there's just no sort of assigned smell, gender, or anything. I have plenty of men that buy hair perfume, which I think is fucking awesome. But I think what connects so well with people is that it touches in this maybe just like humanistic 
ancestral part of ourselves, there's a lot of like tree resins and sacred tools or sacred plants that are used in it from different cultures. Obviously there's Palo Santo, there's sage, patchouli, fir balsam, copaiba balsam, which is a beautiful oil from Brazil, super healing, just incredible. I'm kind of obsessed with that right now. And I, you can take it internally too, which is amazing for other reasons. Cypress, vetiver, it just has, to me, it has all the most amazing things that like nature offers. Maybe it's just because it's very grounding and at the same time refreshing. I think that there's a little bit of lime in there too and then spruce and that mixed with the palo santo which has got more of like a bright citrus woody note can be really refreshing. So I don't know maybe that's why it's it's the best seller. It just kind of taps onto all of those different categories for people. The other product that I really am loving right now, especially during this time of staying inside so much, is my water fragrance. It's called Ama. I created that because I'm a huge fan of multi-purpose products. I, I fully believe that we do not need to buy as many things as we buy, especially if some of those things we buy can serve multiple purposes. So like with the hair perfume, you can still use that as a room spray. You can use that as an all over body spray, just as like, you know, you can open the bottle and sniff it if you need like a hit of a good mood or something. You could serve other purposes. But with the water fragrance, I use that because I'm very energetically sensitive and being an empath, I just can take on a lot. And I was finding myself smudging, clearing, doing all these things every morning that I really enjoy the ritual of it. I'm very ritualistic by nature, and but I think I just wanted a change and something different. So I love using diffusers. I have a nebulizing diffuser that just uses air to disperse the oil, which is great because it's it's keeping the potency of the, the oils. And I was like, I just want to create an oil that can be dispersed that energetically would be clearing that is a good way to start the day. It's uplifting and energizing at the same time. But also, I love taking baths. So I want that oil to also be able to be used in bath water to nourish my skin, give me that same sort of feeling of just grounding and calm and, and, and all the things. So that is why Ama exists. That also has a my two products have Palo Santo, Ama and Emeralds. So it has Palo Santo, Cedar, Palmarosa, Peru Balsam, Frankincense, Cypress, Lavender, probably missing a couple notes there, but every note is specifically chosen for specific reasons between energetic properties and also skin healing properties. So with this time right now, currently while we're you know, we're staying inside so much, it's important to keep your air healthy, your mind healthy, your body healthy. I've definitely seen like a spike in sales of Alma for that reason. That's amazing. Like I'm, I'm happy that it's a tool that can provide people some, some benefits, both mind and body. So last year, starting in spring through summer, I began the work on the residency collection, which was my first line of Eau de Parfums. And this was all inspired by the idea of artist residencies. I 
spend a lot of time traveling and that is really how I gain inspiration just like a lot of artists do like it's really incredible to feel all the feels and see all the things and experiences that are outside of your normal environment and I was just talking to a friend who owns a hotel um, out in Eastern Oregon and he had mentioned to me like oh I love having artists come here and do artist residencies and we've never had a perfumer before you should just come out and do one and that just that conversation sparked the concept for the new collection I knew I wanted to come out with a line of Ode perfumes but I wasn't sure what the concept was yet and being a designer by trade my background of like 15 years of doing design I work from concept that's just how my brain functions and so I was like there's my concept that's it I'm going to go do these artist residencies and it's just an excuse to travel get out of town like be uncomfortable go by myself and see the things and talk to the community and you know just have a lot of time to think and experience and take notes and photos and explore the flora and the fauna and all this stuff and just take it all in and then base that scent off of that experience. So it's not necessarily a literal translation of Joseph Oregon or Joshua Tree or Tofino. It's through the lens of my experience. So it's very conceptual. And that was that was such an like an incredible experience just to have and also to be able to create something just like an artist would, you know, paint something or a songwriter or anything like that it's just I have now this physical manifestation of my experience so that line there are three different scents in it natural I use a beautiful organic grape alcohol as the base and again they're unisex so the three locations were Tofino BC and that was very much inspired by just the ancientness of that area of Vancouver Island it's very remote and rugged and I surfed while I was there which was super fun and the warmth of the people there really influenced that scent even though it was so prehistoric visually moved from there to Joshua Tree I've, that was the one place I had been multiple times but not using the lens that I was using to make the perfume and had a very like intense, insane spiritual experience there that was very unexpected. And that influenced the fragrance to be a lot more on the spiritual side. So it's very nurturing. I use a lot of sacred resins that are traditionally used in ceremony. And that one feels like a cocoon, like it's very warm and spicy and nurturing. Finally, Joseph Oregon, which is obviously just beautiful mountainous and prairie and ranching and like all this sort of stuff. very small town and very friendly people very american but also very creative community there too and that one's very green and very touched by just the history of that that like chief joseph and that whole story i like sobbed at his gravesite for like an hour by myself which was beautiful and sad and I was like oh there's just so much beauty here but there's so much sadness and like repression just like all this stuff so that all came out in the fragrance too because it just felt right it felt good to express it that way
I hope that there's more transparency in the years to come. I hope that I hope that businesses and politicians and anyone that is influencing other people will be transparent. I think it's so important for us to align ourselves with people who live openly and are honest about whether it's what they put in their products or their point of view. I think it's really, it's really important that we have the information that we need in order to make informed decisions about how we live our life and where we spend our money and who we support. And right now it seems almost overwhelming that small businesses or musicians, artists, creators of all kinds, like we need those people around and what we're all offering the world is so important. And so we need, we need the support from the rest of the community to, to hold other people accountable for that. Like we can't, we can't let the struggling artist thing be a thing of the future. It, it, it's just as important as the person that's the financial advisor. Like to me, there it's it it's what makes this world a beautiful place. It's what makes things worth it in the end because it's important. I hope that we can continue to build a really strong, supportive, creative community just by I don't know continuing to open the door for conversation to have more events that talk about that, more creative support. One thing that. I find super helpful is connecting with other people that appreciate creativity and appreciate creative minds. And they have the other, they, they have more of the left side and they can give that support by like, you know, you're amazing artist or creative. Let me, let me help you show you how to get your business going. Let me show you how to structure things so that you can actually make money from what you're doing, which we all need. It doesn't make you less of an artist or less of a creative if you're being paid for it properly. I think aligning with people that can help balance out that creativity with, you know, the money side of things, because it's really, really difficult. At least for me in my story, it's like I never really knew my worth. And that's really hard to find out, I guess, or do that on your own because most people don't think of creativity as this something that you can profit from or like build a life off of. So I hope that our community continues to just provide resources for creatives. This whole idea of trading, whether that be like a physical item or your time, your knowledge, is so, it's, it's what people used to do before money was this currency. People had a skill and a trade and they traded that for what, what they needed. And there are, there's so much, I feel this more now that I'm in the small business community, especially with a ton of other women who are using, you know, their skills and their creativity to also have a small business is it feels like, it feels like a sisterhood or it feels like a family. Like we all want each other to succeed. And we all want each other to enjoy what they're doing every day and spread their, whatever they're bringing to this world to give each other the support they need to be able to do that. So I've noticed so much just in the last 
I think Crosby is now like three and a half years old. Just in the last three years, my community has expanded exponentially. And it's like, it's, it's crazy, like in the most amazing way. And it's, I really do see now this, this very supportive network. And, and there's many times where I've met dear friends of mine through my products that, I mean, it just connected us, which is so cool. And they have, they, you know, they have something I'm really interested in. So let's just trade our things. And, and we also share so much in common and it's just, you know, we can help each other out when we need it. And I think that's what's so beautiful is you have this really deep bond with people and you can, you can just sympathize with what they're going through and, you know, be the rock when they need it and, vice versa, whatever it is that you're offering to the world, it's so important to have the support of your community, whatever that community is for you. It's, I think that's the key too, is like everyone has their own version of what that community is. I very much identify with being a right brainer. I am creative, I'm, I'm organized, but I'm also creative and I can bounce around and I can get really just obsessed with the creation process and how it looks and how it smells and how it feels and all the things and the experience of it. But then as a business, like that's what I do to live off of. That's where I really struggled. And, you know, I went to art school and I don't remember ever learning anything of like, okay, now here's how you can actually be an artist and be creative, but also support yourself. And I wish that someone had given me more of like the tools needed to apply that to a, like just doing your own thing and having your own business. Like it was easy when I worked in design because I was always working for someone. I, I always had a paycheck coming in and the days that I didn't really feel that creative and I wasn't really turning out great stuff. It was like, whatever, like I'm still you know, I'm still collecting my, my pay and stuff. And I just didn't have like a very creative day today. When it's applied to freelance, if you're doing anything off commissions or whatever, like it's, you're only going to be as good as your hustle is and then your network. And my biggest advice is align yourself with people who can support you on the actual business side of things. And I wish someone would have told me that like the day I thought that I could actually make, you know, turn my love, newfound love of fragrance into a business. I wish someone would have said, I know you don't have any money right now, but tap your friend who's actually really good at business stuff or financial advice or whatever it is, whomever that is in your life. And even if you don't have money to pay them, offer a trade, like trade. Be like, can you help me organize my like accounts, can you, can you give me some advice on how to structure things so I'm not like in debt or I'm not bleeding money out and I can't pay my rent or whatever. If I know I can't pay you your hourly rate or I can't afford your fee, but what if I create something for you? I will give you like, you know, all the hair perfume you've ever desired and some candles and let's just trade, you know, my time for your time. And I wish I would have known that back then because I think that that is your biggest ally and your tool in this is to allow you to be creative, but also feel like you have the support to, to still 
make a living and still survive because that's obviously just as important as creating. <laughs> so being able to use your resources that you have, like, you know, contact your cousin if that's what they do or whomever it is and just ask. Like there's no, there's no harm in just asking because the worst they're going to say is no. I think that it's, it's important for everyone, especially creative people to have something that grounds them and quiets their mind in order for the space in your brain and like the channel from whatever it is you believe in or don't believe in to be able to be open to get that information. And maybe that's just my belief is that what we're sharing artistically with the world isn't just coming from ourselves, it's coming from our ancestors, it's coming from whatever is beyond aliens, like whatever it is that you connect with or that you know you believe in, that we're, it's so much more. It's so like, we're so much deeper than just what our physical bodies are. And that's something I've leaned on so much in creating because I don't just like sit down and then say to myself, okay, I need to create a new perfume and I'm just going to start pulling, you know, my supplies out and just start messing around. Like I really have to have an intention going into it. Sometimes that intention might be strong. Sometimes that intention might be like a little t like, not that strong and and then then maybe my materials will start to speak to me and I and, and then it becomes strong but one thing that I personally have been able to lean on for that sort of quieting my mind and letting that idea come through because that's just how I work I need to have a concept I need to have that idea is I do a tea practice and it's it's connecting again with nature, um, with beautiful, really high vibrational, high quality tea leaves. And I have a whole ceremony and it's, it's my form of meditation. It's my form of connecting with myself, with spirit, with nature. It's, it's all in one and it teaches me patience and it teaches me to just sort of like settle in and just be more of a vessel to let let these leaves speak to me and, and open up my heart and my mind to just receive whatever sort of creative, you know, pings I'm getting. And literally that's happened countless times. Like it's memory, it's experiences, but in order to actually sit down and work and be in that mind frame, tea very much helps me get there and get, just get prepared to start to create. The pandemic has influenced maybe from my point of view, the community to really rally around each other. Like I, I feel like it's been super supportive. Like I feel like the community has really come through maybe just in this bubble of Portland, but or some or and I'm hoping it's not just that bubble, but you know, my immediate community of Portland and all the other 
business owner, females, all this stuff. It's like every, I feel so rallied around it and like supported. And I think that, oh, I can only hope that, that that's the case for other people that, that they do feel supported. I mean, people are dealing with so many different variables of trying to get through this, of, of still maintaining some sort of normalcy, whether that, that be with their family, their mental health, their physical health, their financial well-being. I mean, so much is uncertain right now that the community is, is, is crucial at this point. Like we, this is the time where our community needs to show up for one another, whether that's, you know, buying that takeout from the restaurant you don't want to see closed because they're like the sweetest owners and you want them to stay open and, or, you know, buying products from someone in your community because that's just money going back into, you know, your local economy. And it's, I've really, I think this has been a great time for people to see the strength in numbers that we're, we're collectively trying to do the best thing for people's health by staying inside, wearing a mask, being really mindful of, of the things we're close to and touch and things like that. It's kind of forced us to really just like the strength in numbers. The thing that's come up for me the most during this time is how apparent light and dark is just that we've all been forced into seeing this this whole thing that's happening right now like the darkness of so many things like the lives lost these illnesses the the lack of organization and support from our government and people losing their jobs and hardships but on the flip side there's all this light that has come from it and I mean, that is just, I could go on and on about all the light that I personally see in it, but it's become so apparent to me that there is no time but the present and that without dark, there is no light and vice versa. And that it's just, it's, it's so apparent to me right now. It's so raw and important to acknowledge that and be okay with it and, or try and find some sort of peace in that and comfort in it that everything has this balance to it and and perhaps this will be the time where the most incredible advancements for you know humankind will come out the most incredible music will come out of this the most incredible art and poetry and novels and all of this stuff will come out of this time you know historically when there's something really awful that happens, something really amazing will follow. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that there will be more good than bad that comes out from this whole thing. I am on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at Crosby Elements. I am the one who does it. There's no like social media manager or anything. Like if you direct message me or whatever it is, I'm, I'm on the other end. I usually will announce any sort of new products or sometimes I have events and there are other things I want to share, usually via Instagram or if you go to my website, crosbyelements.com, you can sign up for the newsletter and I maybe send something out once a month. Any of the people that are signed up for the newsletter, they will be the first to know if I do a new product or if I 
have seconds. And if you sign up, you get 10% off your first purchase. So there's that. <laughs> if you'd like to see more of Kelly's work, check out CrosbyElements.com or find her on Instagram at Crosby Elements. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Matt Larimer. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to reach out at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie.